What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. I'm David. He is Isaac. The Memphis Grizzlies win again, four in a row now, 113-103 over the Portland Trailblazers, improved to 18-11 on the season. Holding on to that four spot, man. What do you think this is going to look like come January? Are they still going to be fighting? You know, are, are they going to be in this four or five area? Are we going to see them slide back some? The, the, this heater is not going to last, right? Man, I, I don't know, man. I, going into the night, and I kind of talked about this last night, and I've talked about this on here before. Uh, last year, uh, when, when I first jumped on here and started doing the podcast with David, I kind of talked about these kind of weird theories that I have about certain situations and, and, and how things usually work out. And coming into the night, I mean, Portland, it's on a six-game losing streak, man, back against the wall. Uh, they want a home-and-home, home-and-home uh, back-to-back. Lost to Phoenix in overtime last night. And I was like, man, this just feels like a spot where Portland's going to get right. They're going to come out. They're going to make shots. And this is going to be one of those nights. Grizzlies are due for a dud. And Portland's going to come out and get the win. They're playing them twice this week. Grizzlies probably drop this one and get them at home on Sunday. And that was not the case at all. Uh, Portland came out and, and threw a punch early. Next thing you know, you look up, Grizzlies up 12-14 uh, quickly uh, in, in short order. And come out in the second half, uh, Portland gets going in that third quarter, knocking down threes. And again, man, the Grizzlies just punch back and get the lead back and, and never surrender it. And, and it's just been amazing to watch what what this team has done. Um, and it, it's hard to discount them right now. I mean, I'm, before we jumped on here, I was looking at the schedule for the rest of this month. And I mean, if they continue to play the way they play right now, I think I'm looking at the schedule. I have them going eight, four, five, six and two over these last eight games in December. Now, I know that sounds crazy, but I, I really do think this team can do it. That's how good they're playing i think what's most impressive is what they've done on the defensive end and the improvements that they've made there uh, and again i think Ja, i kind of predict that he might come back that that lakers game here at the end of the month that's kind of my prediction on when when he'll come back i haven't heard anything but that's just kind of my thoughts but i feel like if they continue to play defense like this i think this team is could be cementing this fourth spot i mean right now they're in fourth they're three games behind utah now two up on on fifth place, L.A. Clippers, and more importantly, three and a half up on that play-in line. I mean, they're they're moving up and up north of that line, and that's where you want to be. Uh, but if you can stay in this fourth spot and get home court advantage in the first round, that would be amazing. But you definitely want to avoid that play-in if you can. And I, I think this team has a great shot of doing that. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. You know, they're doing all of this, missing their best player. And that's uh, – I talked with Joe on the last episode, and I asked him what he thought about – what this defense is going to look like whenever John Morant comes back. And, you know, it's, I'm going to throw that question to you as well uh, whenever I finish up here, but it's crazy to me. It it blows my mind last year when John Morant went down, this team dug down and they found something to keep driving them. And they went on a win streak this year, John Morant goes down and they do the same thing. I don't want that to like I don't want that to keep happening. I want them to be able to find something that they can, you know, something to fire them up to get going where it doesn't have to be an injury. You know, like Ja doesn't need to be a crutch. He needs to be a part of this. And that's I think that he will be. But what do you think? Do you think, you know, because defensively, you know, and and again, I don't want to hammer on it too much. I, I gave my opinion 
uh, whenever I talk with Joe about it, you know, Ja, that would be, if you have to p- point out a weakness for Ja Morant, that's going to be the first thing that you go to. Do you think that we see this defense take a step back when he comes back? Or are they going to be able to continue playing at this kind of level? That's definitely the big question uh, because if there's any deficiency in Ja's game, it's definitely on the defensive end. I mean, we've talked to analytics up it on here. I think everyone knows that, that Ja's kind of been a – a liability on defense, uh, but I, I don't. I don't think you can look at this situation and blame the whole thing on him because I mean they were terrible, like last in the league, bad, and I don't think that was all on job. None of these guys were playing good defense. Kyle Anderson was a guy who they really leaned on defensively and early in this year. I mean he was just bad. I mean just you had never seen him kind of that bad defensively. So I don't want to blame it all on job. I mean I don't think it's one hundred percent on him, but I also don't think it's a coincidence that they go to this level without him. So, I mean, that's going to be the question when he comes back. And I think even an- another question with that, and we've talked about this on the show here as well, is Jaron Jackson Jr. and how he's played uh, with Ja. I mean, and, and you kind of pointed out that they had a little run there in the bubble where they both played well together. But outside of that, during the times that, that they played together, they really haven't both been at peak level uh, w- when they played. And I think that's a big part of this. I mean, Jared is really – taking a step from where he was at the beginning of the season. I mean, he was just kind of a standstill three-point shooter there at the beginning of the season and looked like a deer in headlights anytime he tried to get in the paint and do anything else outside of blood threes. But right now, man, he's been aggressive going to the basket and, and kind of looking like rookie year Jared on steroids. I mean, he's even better, man, just taking guys off the dribble and going straight to the basket. And that, that's something that we didn't see here early in the season. So defensively, can, can they keep this going when Jock comes back and how Jared responds and, and can he be that same guy with John, I think are going to be the big questions. And I hope the answer to those questions are yes. I mean, they need to be yes or, or again. I mean, they're going to start kind of dropping games again. I mean, and, and like you said, they don't need to look at, at John as a crutch. I mean, they just stand around, watch him, and wait for him to win basketball games for him and keep with the team basketball, the way they're playing, keep with the team defensive principles. And, and you add in John's offense. I mean, this team could be incredible. Uh, I, I mean, I know you don't think that they could be that three seed. Utah just – won't lose. I mean, it's, it's not Grizz winning all these games, but not gaining any ground on them because Utah is winning games as well. But I mean, yeah, I, I think they're on an eight game win streak right yeah, now. Yeah. So I think if, if John comes back and does what he does, but I think this team for sure can, can be four or five. And I think the floor is five if they keep playing the type of defense they do. I mean, you got to look at the teams below them. I mean, Clippers without Kawhi, I guess the Grizzlies already two and oh on them. Denver has their injury issues with Murray already out. And then uh, Michael Porter Jr. shut down. Um, and, and, I mean, you just look at these teams. I, I just don't think any of these teams can compete with the Grizz. I think Portland is, is really down having their troubles. I think the Mavericks are – I'm not a big believer in that Mavericks team. I mean, I know Luka Doncic is extremely talented, but I think they got some issues there. I, I really do think this team could stay here in, in this 4-5 spot. And I even think, man, that, that they could compete with, with the Utah Jazz. I mean, they already have a victory against them on the road. So, I think this is something that's sustainable, man. I just – Got to stay healthy. And again, man, as long as they play defense like this, that's, that's the key. Because uh, offense, I mean, they're going to get offense. You saw tonight when we're times, and that's the, the thing about this team. When they go in these offensive lulls, there was a time where they couldn't overcome that. But they're so good defensively now during the stretch that even when they're not making shots, they can stay in games. Just like when Portland went on that run in the third quarter, you look up at the end of the third quarter, and Grizzlies only down two. And that's mm-hmm. because of their defense. So, I mean, that, that's that's a big thing for this team. And Again, man, if they can if they can keep that going, I mean, this team is going to be really special into the second half. 
Yeah, and that's something they didn't have early in the season. When they would come yeah. out and get punched in the mouth the way that yeah, they did in the third, they would crumble. They, they would just fold, and it would end up running into a blowout on the other end. And now that, that that's not happening. They're taking that punch, and, and they're bouncing back. You know, the, the fourth quarter, kind of going back to the, the game a little bit, you know, normally fourth quarter is Dame time. The fourth quarter tonight was, was Bane time. You know, it scored 11 points for the Grizzlies to close this game out, and that, that's – you know, just incredible growth from him. And that's, man, I don't want to keep bringing up the same conversations, but I don't know that I'm on team trade to, to be honest with you. You know, like I'm when, when teams come out and, and they mention that they've got a player available, uh, you know, Jalen Brown is the most recent guy that, that got tossed into the trade machine by, by Grizzlies fans and, and bloggers. Uh, you know, we we're talking about Miles Turner and, and Sabonis. I'm not completely convinced that the guy that they're looking for is not already on this squad. Uh, you, you know, you know, we talked about this the other day, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of, of Jalen Brown. I think I'd be willing to give up the form for Jalen Brown. We talked about Miles Turner. I don't think he's a guy that I'd be with. I'd give up a lot for him, but I don't think I'd give up the form for him. Jalen Brown's a guy that I would be willing to get, give the form for. Now, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, Bain is developing to – a guy that, that he, he's more than a role player. He's not going to just be a role player. I think that's kind of the thoughts, the sentiment when he first came in. He's already more than that. And I think he has even another level they can go to. I mean, he's going to be a special player. And I think I, I agree with you that I think he could be that third guy. But I mean, if you have a, a chance to bring in an all-star player like Jalen Brown, man, I, I'm going to take that opportunity. And if I get that opportunity, and it's going to take a lot to get him. I think you, you just have to basically kill the assets to bring him in, man. You got the the the, the pay to get Jalen Brown here. Uh, but but I think anytime you have a chance to get the guy like that in here, I think you do what he can do offensively. I, I just think he takes his team to another level. Now, playing devil's advocate, I think someone that would say that they wouldn't make that move, I think one reason would be Jalen Brown's a guy that needs the basketball. And, and we know how much John Morant needs the basketball. Uh, and he's a guy that dominates the ball. How would they coincide together? I think that would yep. be – a big question if somebody had, had was, was negative and would say, I'm not so sure I'd make that move. And I realize that Jalen Brown is a good defender. You know, I, I don't want to take anything. I'm just not as high on him as, as some of these other <laughs> people are. And I, I don't mind, you know, at the end of the day, I have zero say in what this franchise does anyway. I'm just, uh, you know, like, I cover the team, but I'm a fan just like everybody else. If that price includes Brooks and Bain, it's too high. It's too high. No, no, I'm not giving up Bain. I, 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 I put Brooks in the deal, but I'm not giving up Bain. Definitely not both of them. But and, I, I, and if, if it came down to Dylan, I might, I would probably put him in a deal, but I'm Bain is off the table. If they got to have Bain, man, I'm not doing it. You know, you, you could. You can argue with me, and you could tell me that, yeah, it's proven Jalen Brown is an all-star. No doubt about it. There's no guarantee that Desmond Bain ever makes it and ever gets to that level. But who's to say that, you know, that what is Desmond Bain ceiling? What can you tell me? The, the truth is you can't tell me for sure what his ceiling is. We're seeing, like, insane growth from him coming into his second season here. And I had some numbers. I've got them right here. Hold on. Let me find this paper. Desmond Bain. Oh, no, I don't have the paper in here. I took it out. 
the 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 second year numbers from Desmond Bain and Jalen Brown. Desmond Desmond Bain's second year numbers are better than Jalen Brown's, and, and that's like I, I don't know what I done with that paper. I had it. I I wasn't even going to talk about it tonight, but that's something that I had whenever Joe and I were talking last night, and I didn't bring it up in the show. So, you know, you you can't tell me what these guys Taylor Jenkins and the staff have been incredible whenever it comes to developing talent. You look at what this bench has been able to do. The the guys that have been stepping up like Conchar, Killian Tilly, Santi Aldama has played some. You know, they they have. Everybody on this roster, with the exception of Culver and Ponds, have played rotational minutes, and they've been productive when they've they've been in there. That you know, there's been times when Zaire Williams has looked kind of rough. He's essentially a high school basketball player in the NBA right now because he had little to no college experience at Stanford because the season was so jacked up. I would be completely fine. We are two to three years away from John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr.'s prime, I would be 100% fine with this Grizzlies roster not changing a whole lot in the next couple of years until you see what you have in Desmond Bain. Dylan Brooks, the, the amount of energy, the thing that he brings to the floor that I feel like they're going to miss going and getting a guy like Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's one hell of a defender, don't get me wrong. And, and you could argue maybe that he's a better de- defender than Dylan Brooks. I've watched more Dylan Brooks than I have Jalen Brown. I can't say for certain who is a better defender. But the one thing that I can say for certain is Jalen Brown doesn't play with the kind of energy that Dylan Brooks does. And Dylan Brooks is the heart and soul of this team. When you go to messing with chemistry of a team, that, that can really throw things off. If you lose a, 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 an energy guy, like Dylan Brooks from this team, who's going to bring that? Maybe you get that in the draft from some of these picks that they have. Maybe you get that by signing somebody else. Maybe Jalen Brown is that guy, and I just don't recognize it because I haven't watched him as much as I watched Dylan Brooks, although I have watched quite a bit of Jalen Brown. But the point that you made about him needing the ball in his hands, there have been talks. Marcus Smart earlier in this year, said that Jalen and Jason don't want to pass the ball. They don't want to get their teammates involved. It's not working that well with Jason Tatum. How's it going to work with John Moran? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. There's no doubt about that. I mean, if if there's any drawback to it, I think that would be the big question. But the the thing about it is most guys that are high usage, guys that score out, if you're talking about wings or guards, a lot of those guys, have the basketball in their hands a lot. I think that's kind of the idea that if you're going to bring somebody in, that's going to kind of come with the territory. And again, man, if you if you're going to not make a move like that and make an argument for it, that would be it. Because I mean, you kind of like the way that Bain and, and Dylan have fit in with with Jai, and you don't know what would happen if you bring in a, a, another high usage guy like like Jalen Brown. That could throw the chemistry off. You can talk. Dylan is big in his locker room. These guys really love Dylan and the injury he brings, and they feed off of that. And, Sometimes you can make moves and do too much, as they say, and mess the chemistry up. So, I mean, those are those are valid questions. I mean, and valid, valid points. I have no arguments with that. But again, man, if, if I have the opportunity to go out and bring Jalen Brown in, Jalen Brown in, man, I, I think I do it. But I can definitely understand the other side of it. But but to talk about about Dylan and and, De- and Desmond Bain, man, big night for them. I mean, combined uh, forty five points, combined thirteen rebounds, ten assists, seven to fifteen from three. 
14 and 29 from the field. Both of those guys have really, really stepped up. I mean, we talked about who would step up in Josh said it, and, and the three guys that you kind of said was Jaron, Dylan, and Desmond. Those were the guys that really kind of need to step up and lead the team, and they've absolutely done that and more uh, during the time that Josh was out. And it's good to see, man, that the, the depth on this team, that this team can win with games the way that they have without a guy that's averaging 25 points a game. I mean, it's simply amazing. I mean, uh, it's a testament to these guys and how hard they work and, and this coaching staff for – putting trust in, in these guys that don't usually play. I mean, you see them in a Lakers game uh, against veterans. You got guys like Jared Culver coming out the bench and playing big time minutes and being productive, Killian Tilly. These guys are ready. Santi Aldama, when they come in, these guys are not, the moment is not too big for them. And, and that's because the, the coaching staff believes in them and puts them out there with confidence. So, I mean, it, it's been uh, amazing to see. And hopefully when you add Ja and you add Zaire and Brandon Clark back to this, they, they can continue rolling. So do you think Slow Mo had a massive game tonight? Do you think that he is on his way back because he's not really been himself this season? And we had, you know, we had had some concerns with the shoulder injury. As you know, he had made the comment that was, you know, it, it's just something I'm going to have to deal with. We thought yeah. that maybe that could be holding him back. Then, then he missed some time, and then tonight he was all over the place. This was, you know, if you want to call it vintage slow mo, blocking yeah, shots, you know stealing the ball, rebounding the ball, playmaking, doing everything that you expect from Kyle Anderson. And this is the guy that they had last year that so many Grizzlies fans fell in love with because he is like a, a freaking Swiss Army knife whenever it comes to a guy coming off the bench. He can handle the ball and initiate the offense if you need him to. He can play – I mean, pretty much one to five, depending on what lineup you're running against. And th this is huge. If he is back and he's going to play at this level, night in and night out, instead of like the lump of his old self that we saw at the beginning of this season, that's going to be huge for the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, he, he's really picked it up, uh, uh, even on both ends of the floor. The defensive end, he was really struggling uh, early in the season. That was extremely head-scratching because if anything, if even if he's not scoring, you think you're going to get the defense. Uh, from Kyle, he wasn't even giving you that early in the season. But, I mean, tonight, man, just throwback, like you said, Bennett's game looked like the Kyle Anderson that kind of led this team when Ja was out early last season. Um, and if he's going to be this guy, I mean, that brings a completely different dynamic to this team. I mean, he had the full slow-mo game, man, just good, taking the ball full court, going to the basket, man, going one-on-two, one man, taking guys and, and, and making layups. I mean, he was, he was fantastic tonight. And he, when, when we talk about the trade deadline and expiring contracts, he's kind of a guy that you you kind of throw in that mix with, with, with Tyus Jones and, and Jared Culver and these expiring guys that you have expiring contracts because you think he's a guy that uh, a, a higher contend, contending team could look at and say, man, that's a, a piece that could, could possibly really help us in the playoffs. So you think if, if you're going to make a move, he would be kind of on that list of guys that you would move. And, and I want to talk about that a little bit because I've seen a lot of people ask the question of, is this season, are they ready to make that move uh, or should they wait? And when, when people say that, I kind of look at the, the assets and that there will be offers that you can make next season and into the future. But I think your best offer that you can make with the assets that they have would probably be at this year's deadline because you have those three guys that I just mentioned uh, that, that you can move and you have three draft picks this year that you know you're not going to execute all three of those draft picks. I mean, they have, the Lakers pick in the future, and they have their own picks. 
But I, I think the, the best package that you'll probably be able to put together for somebody outside of like you trade Jared or something like that, which I don't expect to happen, is probably going to be this year. So I think that's kind of the question that, you, that you're going to have to ask yourself. If you don't make a move at the deadline this year, you, those guys are going to expire. Are you going to extend Kyle? I wouldn't be upset if they do. I, I think when he's playing and healthy and, and looks like he looks tonight, he just brings so much to the table. He's so valuable that any winning team would love to have a guy like that. And I think he's great in the locker room. and He's a, he's a good guy. So if he can play like this, man, I, I don't mind at all if they extend him. But if you're going to make a move, I think he's probably going to be one of the guys at the top of the list uh, at, at that point because of the expired contract and, and the different things that he brings, the package of what he brings on the offensive and defensive end. I think a lot of teams would like to have him. That, that's going to be the question. Um, I, I still think if, if they're going to make a big move, it's probably going to be at the deadline or on the on draft night. I, I think it's going to be their best offer. So I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I, I think they're going to do something because I just don't see them using all three of these picks. I think you could use them to move a couple of them to try to move up higher in the draft. I think that could be a route they go up to key in on a guy they really love uh, to try to get up higher. I think that's one route they could go where they could try to get a veteran player. But we'll see how it plays out. But, again, I, I don't mind at all if Kyle's a guy to extend because, again, I think he's a, a winning player and the kind of player that you want on your team if you're a winning basketball team. Yeah. Joe made a great point yesterday uh, talking, you know, I, I mentioned the timeline earlier, but they could easily use those picks and, and you were talking, you know, move up and go and get a guy, you know, Jaden Ivey is playing Jay Ivey, man. Mind right man. now. He, God, he's a little bit that. small, you know, to put next to. I'll make it work, man. You know, like, like <laughs> I'll find he, a way to make that work. He's the one guy that's under six six that Isaac is yeah. gonna like. You know, <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> uh, J- Jaden Hardy is another guy. You know, he's playing yeah. for the G League Ignite. Um, Caleb Houston, you know, he's he's a little bigger. Um, but you know, like there's guys in this draft that could maybe be what you're looking for. And and again, like I said, you, you know, you have there's pieces on this roster. We don't know what the ceiling is for Bain, what it is for Zaire. Um, you know, and, and you know, Dylan Brooks tonight, look, looking at this box score, man, Dylan, the distributor, you know, 20, 22 points, seven six rebounds, assists, six assists. Yeah. Big time. How, how many times has he had multiple assists in a game this year? And that, that wasn't happening, happening previously. That's huge for this squad. We know that Dylan can attack. We know that he can get downhill he, he gets tunnel vision sometimes. He used to drive us crazy whenever he would just, you know, head down, not pay attention to any of his teammates. I'll never forget. There was a shot. Dylan was in the in the paint with four defenders around him, and Grayson Allen was wide open in the corner. Yeah, I remember. I remember that exactly what you were talking shot, about. Yeah. You know, and, and, and everybody was like, oh, just pass the ball. Like, we, that was not that long ago. So you're seeing growth from these guys. It could very well just come through the draft. It doesn't have to come from them going out and getting an all-star caliber player from somewhere else. And I would be fine with it either way. If it does happen that way, if they go through the draft to do this, do you think that it's going to mean more than if they go out and they trade anybody like trade and get a guy like Jalen Brown? I mean, the the internal growth for this team has, has been fantastic. I mean, you just laid it out. I mean, Dylan is a completely different player. He's just not that guy. He still takes takes bad shots at times, but any guy that's a scorer, a guy that's a high-volume shooter, you're going to see that. I mean, he, he there's going to be times where he takes bad shots, but he's much more efficient than he used to be, and he's definitely a more, much more willing passer. 
uh, that, that he used to be. Uh, maybe he finds the open guy now, but kind of fix his spots. And when he gets aggressive, when he gets cooking, you want him to take those shots. Like tonight, I mean, when he's aggressive and attacking the basket like that, by all means, man, keep 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 shooting it, keep putting it up, keep going to the basket. I don't have any problem with it at all. So, I, I mean, I, I do see a path to where they could go that direction because I think Zaire Williams is another guy that took a swing and, and, and you could see a couple years down the line and he could be another guy, another piece on, on, on this team. So, I mean, the turn up growth, and especially with this coaching staff, this is the coaching staff that I would trust to develop young talent if they want to go the route of bringing in another guy at the top of the draft or near the top of the draft. I, I believe I believe in this coaching staff is, is a, a staff that can develop a guy that could fit in with this culture. So, I mean, that's a, a route that they could go. Uh, I mean, we, we'll see how it plays out. I think, I think they got some assets. It's just all about how they want to deploy them, how they want to use them. I trust this front office to to make that decision and, and how they want to go about it. And I think that's what's going to be so intriguing. Um, I, I do expect them to, to be active at the deadline. I, I think they're going to do something. I don't think this is going to be one of the ones like we saw last year where they basically just don't do anything. I think they're going to do something. But I think the big move, they could, they could go either way. And, and I trust this front office to, to make the decision which direction they want to go. Yeah, we'll, we'll jump back into the game here. We've kind of been theory crafting. I've done that quite a bit talking with Joe on the last episode. You know, any time that stuff like this comes up, the conversation around, you know, like Riz Nation, that, that that's what it gravitates toward. We start talking about, you know, we as fans, we like to dream about, oh, you know, are they going to go out and get this guy? Because we understand that in Memphis, or for the most part, we understand that in Memphis, going out and signing that big-name free agent is tough to do because it's a smaller market team. So if they're going to land a guy like that, it's going to have to come – via trade or the drafts, you know, I'll have, you know, Zebo. that's how he got to Memphis. He got yeah. here via trade. And so, you know, what, whatever happens with it, you know, we're yet to see, we still got plenty of time before the finished product is here. Um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about the perimeter defense from this team. And we were talking about early in the season, them not being able to stop dribble penetration, them not defending the three-point line very well. And, and those things have all improved. Obviously, Dylan Brooks coming back was a huge part of that. And, uh, you know, him and Ja have not played that many games together. So maybe the the difference is Dylan Brooks being back and being 100% next to Ja is going to be enough that this defense is not going to see a big drop-off. And, and it's – I feel like – I'm bashing on Ja talking about his defense, but it, it's not so much that he he's putting in the effort. He's mentioned that he wants to be better. He wants to be more disruptive on the defensive end. So it's not from lack of effort from him. Um, but there, there's a lot of pieces. It's not, uh, again, it's not just one guy. You can't look at a defense and how bad they were early in the year and say, it's just because of this. And on the same, and the, the, the other end of it, you can't look at it and say, this defense is playing as well as it is right now because of one guy that they're communicating. They're not really being frantic. They're not getting out of place whenever it comes. You know, I remember, I can't remember what team it was against, but I remember watching this defense and when they would get out of place, it would just look like they panicked and they'd be running around the floor like chickens with their head cut off. Yeah. And the teams would just rotate the ball, knock down an open three. And now these guys are communicating. They're talking out on the floor. And those things are not happening as frequently. There's still times, you know, even in that 76ers game when they blew them out the other night, 
there were times where they had defensive breakdowns. Tyrese Maxey got to the rim two or three times and had an uncontested layup or dunk. So, you know, they're still having breakdowns, even though the defense is better. But do you think it's anything outside of the communication? Like, is there something that you can put your finger on as to what's making this defense do what it's doing right now? I mean, I, I think there's there's a lot of factors. Like you said, I think Dylan Brooks being back, being 100% and getting comfortable, I think that has a, a lot to do with it. And Steven Adams is, is also a big part of it. I think he's been much better uh, than, than he was at the beginning of the season. I mean, we kind of talked about him being kind of a disappointment on that end because we thought he'd be a slight upgrade to JV. And early in the season, he wasn't. But here late, as of late, I mean, he's been fantastic. He's done a lot better job. And I think it starts there and, and moves out to the perimeter, which is it's been better. And I think one thing, there's still times, like you said, where even guys, they give up open three-point looks. But when you're playing better defense, guys are thinking more. When, when, when they get into games and it's easy, you're making shots, you're getting a rhythm, you, a lot of times you knock down those open shots. Now, even when these guys get these open shots, a lot of times they're not knocking them down because the Grizzlies defense has put something on their mind and everything's not easy and they're not in a rhythm. So when a lot of times when they get those shots, they miss them early in the season. What was what one thing that was so bad that teams wouldn't even have to go to their second progression. Whatever the first look that they were trying to get, they would get it against the Grizzlies defense. They weren't no no resistance at all, and they've just been been better. I mean, and again, I think it starts with Stephen Adams. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has been fantastic all season defensively, but I think he's been even better. He, he's blocking shots, and they're, like you said, they're on the screen, they're talking, and it's just been. Fantastic to watch. I mean, I think that's kind of what it started the winning streak when Ja went out and this defense uptick. I mean, that's kind of what started their run. I think it has more to do with their defense than their offense because a lot of guys, I mean, they had this stretch where they had gotten really bad, but most games, even in some of the losses and the blowouts, I mean, they were getting beat like 135 to 120 or something. They were still putting up a lot of points. They just couldn't get any stops. So now you kind of getting both and it's it's fantastic, but I do think the communication is the biggest thing. Early in the season, it just wasn't there, and not having Dylan there and, and Stephen Adams struggling in the middle, I think it was just tough. I mean, the only guy that was really playing good defense was Jaron, um, and outside of that, it was just a struggle for everybody else. But I think Dylan coming back and being comfortable now, I think is the biggest part of it, and I think Stephen Adams being better has a little bit to do with it as well. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, man. Uh, let, let's run through the the team stats here, man. You, you want me to take it tonight, or you want to do it? Man, I can I, I can run through them, man. Um, Grizzlies in, in Portland, same amount of shots tonight. Both took eighty two shots, uh, but Grizzlies thirty nine of eighty two for forty seven point six percent. Portland thirty one of eighty two for thirty seven point eight percent. Grizzlies eleven of thirty two from three thirty four point four percent. Portland seems like they had a three point barrage, man, but only hit four more for than the Grizz and only took. Six more, they're 15 to 38 for 37.5%. So Portland was plus six in attempts, plus four in makes. So they're plus 12 there. Uh, free throw line, 24-30 for the Grizzlies for 80%. Portland, really good for the line tonight, 26 to 28 for 92%. Uh, Grizz plus two in attempts, Portland plus two in makes. So Portland plus 14 uh, between the three-point line and the free throw line still end up losing the game by 10 points. Big night on the boards for the Grizzlies, man. Kyle Anderson was all over the boards early in that game. A big advantage for the Grizzlies. 53 to 38 overall, 11 to 5 on the offensive rebounds. One of the big, big reasons why they were able to win this game. A lot of offensive rebounds in this game, second chance points uh, for this team. Grizzlies plus four, six, 22 to 18. Grizzlies plus one in steals, 10 to 9. 
Uh, Portland wins the block, 65. Turnover, 16-15, advantage Portland. Uh, both teams, 18 points off each other's turnovers. Fast break points, 27-23. Grizzlies, big work in the paint tonight, 50-28 uh, to 28 over Portland. So, I mean, outside of that little run in the third quarter, I mean, the Grizzlies pretty much controlled this basketball game. And Portland came out early and, and got a little lead. But outside of that, the Grizzlies kind of raced that quickly. Uh, when, again, man, in Portland, Kind of, kind of got hot there from three for a minute there in the third quarter, but the Grizzlies kept fighting. Once they took the lead back into the fourth quarter, they never really surrendered. And again, man, this is super impressive because again, I, I didn't think they were going to win this game. I just felt like it was a tough spot. I felt like Portland was going to, you were going to get everything they had in this game. I felt like it's going to be one of the nights where they just came out and made shots, losing on the home floor the night before, losing six back up against the wall, got to have it, and it was not the case, man. Grizzlies get this win, even though they were favored in this game, man, I, I still think this is a super impressive win uh, for, for this team to be able to go out there and and, and get this W, especially because it was kind of similar to the situation when they played him out there the first time. When Portland went coming back, Dame, I think that was his first game back. Um, he had been out, and you just saw Portland come out in what I call a get-right game, and I thought that was the same thing was going to happen tonight, and you know, it wasn't to be, man. So Grizzlies tied the season series and got a chance to go up 2-1 to one, um, on Portland on Sunday. Yep. So the next game is in Sacramento on Friday night. We'll be back with you uh, with a post game on that one. I guess depending on the schedule, I don't, I don't have to work this week, so uh, it shouldn't be an issue. I may have to row solo. I don't know what Isaac's Tigers schedule looks like. Are you, you got anything Friday? No, man. Uh, the next next Tigers game, man. Big game Saturday morning up in Nashville. Get the balls, man. That, that, that's going to be a big one. Tigers get not a Tiger show, but real quickly they get a big win against Alabama, so they got a chance to. To, to really kind of kind of right the ship against Tennessee on Saturday. So we'll see what happens there. But, man, no, nah, man, good to go on Saturday night. Grizzlies in Sacramento, two-game two game road trip, uh, taking on the Sacramento Kings. Got a big victory on them um, about a week and a half ago in Memphis, I think 128-111, something like that. Uh, so I think Sacramento is kind of going through a transition. We'll see what happens there. But I think that's another game where the Grizzlies will be favored. And it's another game I, I expect them to win. Um, I, I expect – this is kind of the one that I thought they wouldn't get. I felt like they win on Friday. Uh, so that, that should be another fun one um, out on the road against Sacramento, and I'm looking forward to it. Yep. Anything else before we get out of here, man? Uh, so shout, shout out to Jenny. Uh, man, I mean, for as much flack as we kind of gave Taylor Jenkins for having him in the rotation here early in the season, I guess maybe I want to say it paid off because he's been fantastic. I had somebody tweet at me earlier and said, like, he's turning into Grayson Allen. I mean, that's not that crazy, man. He's He's been fantastic, man. I mean, yeah. talking on both bags to the basket. Yeah. yeah. What was he tonight? Uh, you look at it, uh, three or three from the field, nine points, five rebounds, a steal, uh, two or two from three uh, in 15 minutes, plus 26, highest on the team tonight. Uh, so, shout out to Jitty, man. He's been been getting it done, man, and looking like a, a real rotation player, even on a, a really good team. The way he's been playing lately, he would he would get minutes playing like he is now. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, you know, we when the team is healthy, I, I will still say I don't know that he's a true rotation guy. Like, yeah, I, I don't know that he's one of the ten best players on this team when this team is fully healthy. But it's great to have a guy like that when this team is not healthy that is, you know, stays ready and he can go out there and he can, and impact winning basketball. Yeah, you know, talking like Taylor Jenkins, man. Those play groups, man. You got to be got to be ready. But he always talks about those. When we get these guys at the play groups and they're they're always ready. I love love what he says. That it's like. One of his favorite phrases in press conferences is play group. So, but it, 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 it's serious. It, it works for these guys. I mean, he talks about that all the time, and it, it seemingly 
that, that's a big deal, man, because when these guys' numbers are called, uh, they, they come in and ready to play, man. Next man up mentality is not just a thing with this team. It's true. I mean, these guys come in and put in good minutes. X came in and put in good minutes. Ten points off the bench tonight uh, in, in 15 minutes. Man, he had a nice line, 4-4 from the free throw line, and assist, two steals, uh, three or five from the field, 4-4 from the free throw line. So solid minutes from X tonight as well. It's good. I mean, the bench was better than the starters, and I think that that's been the case uh, a few times during this this streak without John Morant. Jaron struggled tonight. You know, for all that we were gassing him up early, he he, he had a rough night tonight, and you're going to have games like that. But prior to this one, in his last 10, Jaron was averaging around 20 points a game, five rebounds, two block shots. He was doing everything that you need your 1B guy to do just a bad game from him tonight. Grizzlies still were able to pull out the win. Again, final score of the game, 113-103. to 103. They moved to 18-11 on the season. Standing solid in fourth place. It still feels weird to say that, man. After the craziness, the way the season started and how rough it looked early, the fact that they're in fourth place right now after, you know, almost 40 games into the season. You know, our, uh, my math is terrible. Look at me. Almost 30 games into the season. Yeah, man, rushing it. Yeah, but <laughs> – you know, still playing playing great basketball without John Morant. Hopefully, we see him back sooner rather than later. You know, he he's always dropping the uh, the cryptic tweets. You know, yeah, he had one before the game tonight. I was like, is he talking about he's coming back next game? I'm like, what is what is he saying, man? He he always has these tweets. I'm like, what is he talking about? I can't even remember what it was. It's like I pray before I go in or something. I I can't remember yeah. what it was, but I was thinking I was like trying to read like what does this mean? Like trying to decipher it. So yeah, yeah sometimes man. I feel like he's just trolling us. Like he yeah, I think I think I think like... a lot of times I think a lot of times that's what it is because he he's a, he's a guy that, that's that's on social media all the time and he he actually tweets back at he's reading stuff on there. So no doubt I think he kind of sees that and I think he kind of kind of trolls and plays a little bit on there. Play plays it out a little bit sometimes. But yeah, yeah. man, it, it'd be nice to have him back out there, man. He looked like he was in pretty good shape like a couple weeks ago. So I, I expected to be sooner rather than later. I've kind of predicted that Lakers game because they're going to go on a three-game road trip uh, at the Warriors, at the Kings, at the Suns, and uh, they come back home on, on their Wednesday and play the Lakers. I got a feeling that that could be the game we return to. It's already going to always a big game when they play the Lakers, so I could see them kind of working it out, especially with them coming back home off the road trip. So we'll see. Uh, that's, I think, six games from now. So we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But I, that's kind of my prediction. I haven't heard anything. We'll see. I'm scheduled to be at that game, so I'm hoping that that's the case. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> so we appreciate you guys tuning in. Before we get out of here, we got to tell you about our partners here at Sports Ethos, mybookie.ag, the best online sports book out there. More lines and better odds for the players than any other sports book. Go over and sign up. Use the promo code. It is still hootball at this point. It has not been changed yet. As soon as that happens, we will let you know. But mybookie.ag, again, the promo code is hootball. That will get you an initial deposit. Uh, initial deposit. I'm, I'm turning, uh, you know, East Coaster here. Initial deposit matched 50% up to $1,000. Go over there, hit up. I know my man Isaac has been hitting some parlay bets as of late. Did your NHL it parlay was, bet hit tonight, man? Oh, man, it, it, it did not, man. Uh, uh, it was I needed, I needed all. I got two out of three. It was the three games tonight, and they were all favorites. It was an odd boost. And the it was crazy because it was the Capitals and Blackhawks. I needed the Capitals to win. Blackhawks were up uh, three to two or four uh, four to three with late in the game, like two minutes. And the Capitals scored with three seconds to go in the game. They scored a goal 
to take it overtime and like overtime immediately the block out blackout scored um and won five to four so they kind of ended it there i got the other two uh games that i needed but i had to get all three so did not hit that tonight but again man uh it, it, it's fun man to place place those bets out there it makes it makes it a lot of fun especially games that you're not interested in it gives you a little bit more interest in those games so man man get, get take advantage of that especially when you have all these deals out there yeah 100 go over there again the site is mybookie.ag the promo code is hoopball that will get you an initial deposit match 50 percent up to one thousand dollars if you don't know how to do it go and follow the guys over at ethos gaming and they can help you out they have been killing it lately i know i, I saw a guy over the last week he's up like 10 and a half units so He's on a heater right now. Maybe you should go and, and uh, follow him, and he can help you win when you go over and sign up using our promo code. We will go ahead and get out of here. You can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies, E-T-H-O-S Grizzlies. I am at D-Will 2111. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, man, definitely go over to at Ethos Grizzlies. Give us a follow. We definitely appreciate that. And you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals, I-S. AAC underscore rivals. As David said, we'll be back after the game on Friday in Sacramento. But for post game, hopefully we'll be talking about another big Grizzly win. Uh, for David, uh, I've been Isaac, and we'll talk to you on Friday night. Thank you, David.